Come on, come on, it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Ho, it is Tuesday, June 6, 2023, and you can call me Fed965. This is Baby Blue Viper, by the way. And I am currently wearing a pale yellow t-shirt of a very cool fabric which allows one to uh, sweat um, in a very cool way. Meaning that it is a sweat wicking material, if you know what I mean. I'm also wearing uh, dark blue jeans and I've got uh, no socks on, but I do have a pair of slippers on. And I'm also sipping on a coffee out of a yellow mug. The coffee has whole milk, and, uh, oh, excuse me, no, it doesn't have whole milk. It used to have whole milk before we transitioned to goat milk, and uh, I know you have questions there. Um, uh, have honey in there as well. Point is, it is June 6, 2023, and you can call me Fed 965. Now, as to reality, I know I have... Got some comments about reality uh, recently. Um, and so I did think that, you know, today perhaps would be a good day to just dip our toes. We're really just going to dip our toes into uh, Hegel. Yeah, we're going to dip our toes. It's a very, um, I mean, this one is, uh, it's not an easy one to, to, to say the least. So um, this one's gonna take a very long time, and I don't know. Yeah, but uh, don't rest assured, we will get to the bottom of it. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know out there, Wikipedia is gonna help us out here, and we're dealing today with uh, George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. Yes, the great Hegel. Born on the 27th of August, 1770, passed away on the 14th of November, 1831. A German philosopher. Wikipedia is helping us here to know that he's one of the most important figures in German idealism, one of the founding figures of modern Western philosophy. His influence extends across the entire range of contemporary philosophical topics. From metaphysical issues in epistemology and ontology to political philosophy and the philosophy of history, philosophy of art, philosophy of religion, and the history of philosophy. Yeah, I mean, Hegel. Oof, I mean, Hegel. I mean, this one's this one's hard. This one's. I mean, this is as um, as uh, you know as heavy if you want to, you know, use that terminology, as it gets uh, pretty much uh, in, um, you know, in, uh, in human thought. I mean, Hegel, very few have even attempted to understand Hegel. Um, some say that it is beyond um, the, the effort, that the effort to understand Hegel would require... Um, you know, millennia would require thousands of you know, human minds working together to, you know, attempt to even grasp 
you know, the beginning of, you know, what Hegel was trying to say, or actually, excuse me, what Hegel did say and what we are trying to understand. The, the you know, the range of what uh, Hegel, you know, you know thought um, is just beyond comprehension. And uh, the people who have tried to attempt to, do, you know, begin to even understand what Hegel was saying or what Hegel did say, and we are just now beginning to understand something of it. Um, it's very, it's very difficult to say the least. And, you know, I'm no exception. I'm not going to even pretend even the slightest bit to say that I have some idea of what Hegel was saying. Um, so let's just put it that way. You know, that's a very, I think, good place to start. Um, I hope I, uh, you know, you know, try to get the idea. I mean, Hegel is the one who really, um, begins the, also the whole idea of um, what's it called of like the academic philosopher um, really starts with Hegel too um, before Hegel um, philosophy as a, you know as a and you know as like a discipline that was taught in an academic setting didn't really exist um, not to the you know, there's, he marks a before and after, to say the least, of what Hegel marks. It's, uh, it's um, the Hegel, um, you know, I hope we're, we're getting a grasp of Hegel here. Um, okay, so, you know, if we're really diving into Hegel, which, you know, I do this with a lot of trepidation, because, I mean, I mean, do we want to dive into the, the, the phenomenology of spirit? The Phenomenology of Spirit was published in 1807. This is the first time that at the age of 36, Hegel lays out his own distinctive approach and adopts an outlook that is recognizably Hegelian to the philosophical problems of post-Kantian philosophy. Yet the book was poorly understood even by Hegel's contemporaries and received mostly negative reviews. To this day, the, the phenomenology is infamous for, among other things, its conceptual and elusive density. Yeah, real dense. We're talking about real dense. Idiosyncratic terminology and confusing transitions. Its most comprehensive commentary, scholar H.S. Harris's two-volume, Hegel's Ladder, The Pilgrimage of Reason and the Odyssey of Spirit, runs more than three times the length of the text itself. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Are you thinking about that? Let's read that again. It's most comprehensive commentary. Scholar H.S. Harris, two-volume, Hegel's Ladder, The Pilgrimage of Reason, and The Odyssey of Spirit, runs more than three times the length of the text itself. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here today. We're dealing with Hegel. That's how dense. The fourth chapter of the Phenomenology includes Hegel's first presentation of the Lord Bondsman dialectic, the section of the book that has been most influential in general culture. What is at stake in the conflict Hegel presents is the practical, not theoretical, recognition or acknowledgement, uh, reading from the German, of the universality. For example, personhood, humanity of each of two opposed sales consciousnesses. What the readers learn, but what the self-consciousnesses described do not yet realize is that recognition can only be successful and actual as reciprocal or mutual.
this is the case for the simple reason that the recognition of someone you do not recognize as properly human cannot count as genuine recognition. Hegel can also be seen here as criticizing the individualist worldview of people and society as a collection of atomicized individuals instead taking a holistic view of human self-consciousness as originating a recognition from others and our view of ourselves being shaped by the view of others. Okay? Hegel describes that phenomenology as both the introduction to his philosophical system and also as the first part of that system and is the science of the experience of consciousness. Yet it has long been controversial in both respects. Indeed, Hegel's own attitude changed throughout his life. Okay, so that's that. Now, we're going to briefly, I mean, how, how are we running on time here? How are we running on time? We're running a little bit long, but we are dealing with Hegel, so that is to be expected. Science of logic. Hegel's concept of logic differs greatly from that of the ordinary English sense of the term. This can be seen, for instance, in such a metaphysical definition of logic as the science of things grasped in thoughts that used to be taken to express the essentialities of the things. As Michael Wolff explains, Hegel's logic is a continuation of Kant's distinctive logical problem. Excuse me, Kant's distinctive logical program. Its occasional engagement with the familiar Aristotelian conception of logic is only incidental to Hegel's project. 20th century developments by such logicians as Rego and Russell likewise remain logics of formal validity and so are likewise irrelevant to Hegel's project, which aspires to provide a metaphysical logic of truth. There are two versions of Hegel's logic. Okay? The first, the science of logic, 1812, 1813, 1816, E.K. first, revised, 1831, is sometimes also called the greater logic. The second is the first volume of Hegel's <clears throat> encyclopedia. Yeah, you heard that, right? The second is the first volume of Hegel's encyclopedia and is sometimes known as the lesser logic. The encyclopedia logic is an abbreviated or condensed presentation of the same dialectic. Hegel composed it for use with students in the lecture hall, not as a substitute for its proper book-length exposition. Do you understand? Okay, so... Um, now let's um, you know briefly dive into the philosophy of the real. Yeah, in contrast to the first logical part of Hegel's system, the second real philosophical part, the philosophy of nature and of spirit, is an ongoing historical project. It is, as Hegel puts it, quote, its own time comprehended in thoughts. End quote. Jesus Christ, that was uh, Fed 965's commentary. So let's read that again. In contrast to the first logical part of the of Hegel system, the second real part, the, the philosophy of nature and of spirit is an ongoing historical project. It is, as Hegel its own time, comprehended in thoughts. End quote. 
Hey, expands upon this definition. Quote, a further word is the subject of issuing instructions on how the world ought to be. Philosophy, at any rate, always comes too late, late to perform this function. As the thought of the world, there is only at a time when actuality has gone through its formative process and attained its completed state. Seek fatigue, gimat. This lesson of the concept is necessarily also apparent from history, namely that it is only when actuality has reached maturity that the ideal appears opposite the real and reconstructs this real world, which it has grasped in substance in the shape of an intellectual realm. When philosophy paints its gray in gray, a shape of life has grown old and it cannot be rejuvenated but only recognized by the gray and gray of philosophy. The owl of Minerva begins its flight only with the onset of dusk. Hegel uses the owl of Minerva as a metaphor for how philosophy can understand historical conditions only after they occur. Okay, so how much, how much, how much time do we got? We need the philosophy of nature here. The philosophy of nature organizes the contingent material of sciences systematically, lately. and um, you know, I think we're gonna stop right here. Yeah, because I, I've got to, you know, I got to do some things here today. So you know, let's stop right here. We're we're gonna eventually you know, pick up, uh, you know, pick back up uh, Hegel. More than that, though, Hegel is with us at all times. Hegel is everywhere. Um, Hegel has influenced everything that you do, see, or think. Everything is, at this point, um, an extension of Hegel's thought. As to who Hegel was, well, as to anything else, well, those are, you know, things to think about. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll definitely be, you know, you know picking back uh, where we left off here, trying to analyze, understand, contemplate, reflect, immerse ourselves. It's a work from progress, like all things. Eventually, we will... Make the jump to Kierkegaard, um, one of my personal favorites. Um, so we are one of the ones who, who has influenced me, Ben 965, um, the most, uh, the great Dane, uh, Kierkegaard, who likewise um, was, a, you know, had his own critiques of Hegel. One of the um, one of the only ones to really be able to understand Hegel, um, yeah, the great Kierkegaard. Um, if you're not aware, he did his own um, critiques and commentaries of Hegel. Um, he might have even gone to one of his classes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we'll have to check that. Um, but um, the great Dane, uh, Kierkegaard, if I'm not mistaken, um, was perhaps a student of uh, Hegel.
um, though he had his own views and visions of the world and of reality and humanity and everything else. So, uh, like I said, one of my personal favorites, Kierkegaard. Um, however, before we can get, get to Kierkegaard, we have to try to understand something of uh, Hegel. You know, Kierkegaard uh, had his own commentaries and critiques. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, you know what can we do? What can we do to? Can we possibly even begin to hope to get a grasp of you know what Hegel was uh, saying? Um, yeah, it's a very difficult. When is it? It's Tuesday, June 6, 2020. Come on, come on. You know, uh, let's go. You know, do what you got to do. Check those things off on the list. I have to go run to the butcher here. Uh, I need to pick up some, um, I think I'm going to get some, uh, probably get some pork chops, get some chicken, and uh, probably get some beef, and uh, I'm probably going to get some cured um, salami. And, um, yeah, definitely going to pick that up. And then I might stop by the, um, um, the, the fruit and veggie stand. And, um, it's not, not really sure what the appropriate term is for that. For a, that's the appropriate term for a, a person who only sells fruits and vegetables. Um, he's got his, 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 his um, his store, or you know, uh, on the other side of the street of, of, of the bushel. So, I'm gonna make my way there and get you know, two pit stops, and then so then, you know, all the things that have to be checked off the list here. Um, you know, you know, just doing what we're doing, uh, living life, and then I hope you all have a fantastic Tuesday, and I will see you soon.